Uh, welcome everyone to the Between You and I podcast. I believe this is number magical 13. Sounds good. If only it was Halloween. No. <laughs> um, we are at the Fremont Abbey on March 14th and we are doing this killer idea that Shelby, Amanda and myself were like, we got to do this um, called Mother Versus Artist. And it's a conversation in the round about being uh, a woman, a mother and a musician all at the same time. And the fun, hard, lovable, frustrating things about it. And we'll be playing some music tonight as well. And you'll be hearing this now. And I'll Post. be sitting this one out because of that very reason. <laughs> Ryan's so bummed. No, it's... <laughs> I'm not. I offered to give him the guitar, but it didn't work out. But, uh, but we hope you enjoy this podcast. It's going to be really exciting. Thanks, everyone. Hi, hi, everyone. Um, thank you all for coming. Uh, my name is Amanda Carter Gomez. I run an online publication called The Fold. And on The Fold, we talk a lot about life. It's a publication for women, but we like men too, most of the time. Um, so <laughs> um, it's a publication though that's a lot about transitions and pivots. And so I think that motherhood for me has been one of the largest life pivots or transitions I've been through. Going from no children to a child was huge for me. So I think this is a really great natural extension of the conversations that we have on the site. We also talk a lot about music and art and culture and politics. So these things all complement and relationships. So these things all complement this evening very well. Um, I'm going to let these ladies introduce themselves, tell you uh, a little bit about their path and also how many kids they have, perhaps, if that feels relatable, and we'll go from there. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. My name is Shelby Earl. I'm a Seattle-based singer-songwriter, and um, been. I actually started as a full-time musician in my 30s, so I've kind of done things late. I worked in the corporate music industry before that for many years, and... Um, flipped the script in my early 30s, quit, uh, quit my corporate job to play music full-time. And I've been doing that for the last uh, almost nine years. And I am expecting my first child. Yeah. So I will not, yeah. in, in four weeks. <laughs> so um, I will not, you know, have answers to all the questions. I'll be mostly <laughs> absorbing, getting really, getting really <laughs> terrified and absorbing information. My name is Carrie Ockrey, and I, um, the lead singer of the bands Hammerbox and Goodness, and uh, I do solo work as well. Mm -hmm. um, I started playing music when I was 23, and then I um, didn't have my son. I have one child till I was 41, so um, I had gotten to party as much as I could, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, and but feel very lucky to have him. So uh, I was really excited tonight. Um, to get to talk to all these ladies and with all these ladies and it's from Amanda and Shelby doing the article that I was so excited to be a part of and um, there you go. I'm Joy. <laughs> I'm Joy Pearson and I'm a musician from Portland, Oregon right below you. Uh, I'm in the band uh, Lenore and with my musical partner Rebecca Marie Miller who's here tonight. 
Uh, I'm a single mom, and I have three kids, and one of those kids has special needs. So I'm a very niche speaker tonight. <laughs> you can only relate to me if it's very weird. Uh, and I love being a mom as much as I have ever loved anything, and I love being a musician, and so I'm really excited to talk to you guys. And honestly, Shelby, you're never a better parent than before you have children. <laughs> so you're going to give the best advice tonight. Winning. The, uh, the only friends of mine who give me advice are ones without children. So I want to hear what you have to say. Um, that's a great segue to the first question, actually. Um, I'm curious to know if you always knew you wanted to be a parent, um, if you always knew you wanted to be a musician, if one inspired the other, or you know, um, or if this was something you discovered about yourself later, and when that was. Yeah, I, I mean, I started uh, as like a three-year-old saying, I'm gonna be a singer. And there was not a whole lot of natural talent there to speak of, <laughs> but like a lot of heart and dedication. So it definitely started there for me. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't really think about having a family until, also until my early 30s, or I didn't get clear on the fact that that is something I would want someday. So um, it's been about the same amount of time that I've been all in with music that I've been thinking, also, I should think about kids at some point. Um, and then I got married at 40 <laughs> and went... I guess this probably someday <laughs> is probably a thing to start thinking about. Um, so music came first, then kids, and now we figure out how to make it coexist somehow. That's right. You're right on time. <laughs> um, I think I, I, I think I always knew I wanted to have kids, um, but playing music for for that long, like through my twenties, I you know you don't. And you're in bars and you're a female and all that. I didn't necessarily run into the man of my dreams in order to have that child. That child. I got into my 30s and, and I had a, um, some friends who were, who were a married gay couple. And I was like, hey. And they looked at me like, are you kidding me? Like, you might be my sperm donor. And they were like, oh, my God, no. Um, uh, and then, uh, um, I, but I also remember when I was in my 20s and, and uh, playing in my first band. I, was, I think I was dating somebody who was some snowboarder. And I remember he said kind of like not in a, in a derogatory way. He's like, oh, Carrie's the kind of gal who wants kids or family. Ooh. Like it was, uh, like wasn't cool. And I just remember thinking, what a fucking asshole. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, but I remember somebody just thinking that and going, whoa, why already? Really? Like that's not cool. Um, but, uh, um, and then when I did meet my husband and, uh, <laughs> and we got pregnant before I got married, which was really nice. I didn't, but I, did, but we started to try and I kind of at that, I was like 40. So I was at that point, I was like, well, this is either going to work or it's not going to work. Um, let the fates decide. Uh, and I, and I did without, we'll talk about this, I guess, but I wasn't stressed about it. So of course it happens immediately. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm very grateful. I still don't want children. Um. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love being a mom. It's really true. I love it very much. And I didn't, I have a different experience completely because I grew up in rural Montana. And I, my first gig, I was like eight years old or something. Yeah. I was saying on like a weird thing. I, um, 
I didn't know that I had any options for either of those things. Uh, my dad was a pastor, and I just grew up singing in front of people. I just was always going to be a singer. And, like, of course, I was going to get married and have kids. And I didn't know I had options for either of those things. And so I definitely had, like, a weird moment in my mid-20s when I was home with three babies and playing music in coffee shops in Salem, Oregon, and making music at home where I just went... Ah, oh, crap. I could have done this so much better. You know, I could have, like, thought this through. And I just had to kind of keep going that path, obviously. What are you going to do at that point? Like, sorry, kids. <laughs> I've made some mistakes. Like, you know, um, but, I, but I really just, I had to reconcile the fact that those were choices I didn't necessarily make for myself. They were kind of choices that I participated in, like these cultures, and was just like, yeah, like this is what you do. These are the motions you go through. And like, you know, um, I remember wanting to go to college and my parents being like, why would you go to college? You're a singer. Like that was a real thing that happened. And, um, it, you know, we compromised and I went to Bible college. So, hey-o. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my origin story. This all happens to you in the way. It worked out. Um, it did, obviously, for the best. Um, you want to sing a song? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're, we we've never done this. this event before. You're our you inaugural. <laughs> so we, we're not sure about the format, but we're going to... We're going to try it out. If it doesn't work this round, then we can mix it up. Chat. Do, do you want to hear some music? Mm. Okay. All right. Chat, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. We're doing yeah, all yeah, kids yeah. songs. You, so <laughs> Shelby's starting with the wheels on the bus. I just, I just want the opportunity to stand up and sit down a bunch. So good. Really freeing. This, uh, this tune. Oh, this got very short. We'll do a little of that. This tune I'm going to start with. Um, is on my latest record that came out, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something like that. And um, I wrote this when, when the urge started to get stronger, I guess. The, the baby urge. But also, it has to do with finding a partner that you actually think it would be a good idea to make a person with. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll find out if it was a good idea. <laughs> Not totally sure. There are a lot of ladies in this room who know my partner. They might be unsure if it's a good idea. We'll see. Don't tell them I said that. This is being recorded. <laughs> but um, I wrote this tune, which is uh, entirely unsubtle, and went on tour and... Um, right after the record came out and played this every night and had just some really hilarious conversations because I would tell people, you know, feel free to talk me out of it. And um, this one guy came up to me after a show and said, your song about um, having kids, he's like, you know, you know why I decided to have kids finally? He's like, because I realized there are only so many weekends you can just go jeans shopping and feel fulfilled. <laughs> it's like... All right, I'm in. I'm sold. This is called Call Her Mercy. Yeah. 
Let's have a baby And we'll call her mercy Let's have a baby Our full hearts can beat Let's have a baby We could stand here forever Turned heads, shrugged shoulders Never beholden to anyone Lay your head on my shoulder Breathe deep, look longer In the arms of question for Shelby do you feel like you you feel like you're magical singer when you're pregnant like doesn't does singing feel like it gets even richer um richer I'm like huskier but I also can't breathe yeah (laughs) (laughs) sort of six of one half dozen of another that's where the magic is the the magic is always in the shortness of breath does this look weird like I don't have the belly but I got like no, I won't do that. So I, I always laugh that when I, you would think 
you would think with my kid, like, oh, do you sing for your kid? No, it's just like the first, I think, six years or so, if I would start singing to Orion, he'd be like, shh. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. It's all about you. <laughs> That's new. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it. Can you hear it? It's just kind of quiet in the monitor. I don't know. Can you hear it out there? Oh, well, all righty then. What's that? Sorry, Brent, is that you? What's that? <laughs> hey, oh, that's what podcasting's all about. What is happening now? There's a fire. No, there's yeah, not. This whole thing was to bank your voice, Brent. Yes. <laughs> all right, this is called Lead Astray. I'm looking out to see You like to stand close to everyone Been leaning to me I am the sun I am the one I am the one I am the one who's lonely So baby come over and Tuck yourself in, yeah, next to me And basically I've been alone here every day And you've seen my face in the window give me away And I will cut you down small enough to fit in my hand Take away everything you think you are Let you forget you could stand Well, only sit by under trees And I'll meditate high And at my wit's end It's just easier to sit down and cry Cause nobody takes the place of the hole in my heart And over and over again I won't try for a start And I am the one that you cling to every day And you've seen my face in the window Give me away Forget you could stand I am the one who knows you, dear That cruelly forgets you I am the one keeping all lying back from the stand
never wanted to sing let's come on first of all shelby come on what a voice what a voice but i just have to say i saw in that article you said like i feel like my voice is the best it's ever been now and i was like we'll see (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're referencing an art we keep referencing an article article that was in the fold in the fold about karaoke as mom and rock star so if you haven't read it, and interview and led by, by Shelby, Shelby. Yes. yeah, written yes. by Shelby, yes. it was a wonderful article, and uh, I just have to say, like that, just uh, to hear both of you sing, and then to have Reba, my musical partner, come up here and have to do a song, I just want to lay down. <laughs> I like, I, I thank you. You're such a mom. You can lay down if you, you can want. Lay down. <laughs> but instead of laying down, um, I'm going to please grab that cord behind you. Instead of laying down, I'm gonna play a song that I wrote. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I want you to cuddle me, but I might need room just against my will. Thank you. God, I love it. A lot of dreams coming true for old Joy Pearson. This is how I wanted to position myself the whole time, and now I'm here. And now I'm you're staying. Here. Welcome. Um, uh, I had a friend write something on Facebook a couple of years ago about her like um, deep desire to see the people in her life more and she closed it by saying um, I want to see you more for longer and I just thought I've never felt something so like resonate with me so hard but that sentence I want you more for longer is how I feel about my kids I, I just wish there, that years were longer and that days were longer and even the really tough stuff. And there's a lot of tough stuff, you know? Um, not for you, Shelby. Yours is going to go <laughs> perfect. But for everyone else, there's a lot of, there's a lot of growing pains. <laughs> just, but just us. 
Um, it's okay. You know that I can't undo. I know. I know. I know. I'm in. I know. You are. You're very stuck. But um, I, 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 was, I saw a mom with a crying baby in a restaurant, and she kept apologizing and saying, like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, oh, no, your baby's doing exactly what your baby's supposed to be doing. And it, like, hit me hard that my 13-year-old, who at the time was, you know, going through a pretty... Um, we'll call it turbulent attitude phase. And I was thinking, you know, she's doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. Like this is babies cry and tweens emote and 20 year olds, you know, I don't know yet, but they get arrested. arrested. (laughs) Knock on wood. I don't know what the appropriate response. No, but um, so this song was kind of written in that mental space. And, um, you know, now you you know. Here comes another one. Nature's a patient sculptor Just like a mother both try to make you better But no one can make you grow No one can loose those teeth No one can tell you who you're meant to I want 
Thank you, Reba. Okay. I didn't want to do that one. She did that on purpose. No, that was Reba. Well, we're done. We're done. That's it. That's I know. good. I think Everything laugh. makes me cry right now, so I'm screwed. Oh, I've already been pregnant. Yeah. So I think we've got like the gamut of emotions already. Um, I was like, nobody cries in rock and roll. No one's crying. Um, yeah, so I don't even know where to go from there. Um, I'm gonna, <laughs> one thing I did want to talk about uh, were expectations about, especially I think in the music industry, um, and I think in the, any industry that can be male-dominated, not that music is, but there are a lot of industries out there, and this can probably transcend many professions, um, where there are questions surrounding, well, one, the reaction to when you tell someone you're having a baby in an industry where babies aren't necessarily promoted. It's not like everyone's like, become a rock star and then go get pregnant. And then, you know, that, that's just, it's There's a, no just, wristbands for exa- babies. Exa- there's not. Maybe VIP, but I mean, like, you can't get to the bar. So I think that there's a lot of, like, restrictions with that. Um, but I'm curious to know how your, your colleagues responded, if the responses were different um, from parents to non-parents, from women to men. And if there's any sort of, I don't want to use the word judgment, but expectation or reaction to when people see you on the road. Is there this sort of, I mean, I feel like I have friends who are in our creative industries and they will be um, littered with questions about like, where are your kids? Who's watching your babies? Uh, what does your husband or your partner think of this? And I have a friend who said, you know, I'm on the same panel with a man who has five children by five different women all across the world and not one person asked him who's taking care of his baby. So I'm just curious if there, if there's a bias involved. Which is and a have good you thing he might not that. know. He probably, yeah, true, true. I don't know if we can keep track. But anyway, I'm just, I'm, I would love to hear more about that if, that if you've had that experience thus far and what it looked like for you. This is fresh for me, obviously, but um, um, I waited. I was really afraid to tell um, my team because I sort of, it's taken me some years to build my music career and, and build a team. And, you know, now I have label distribution and an agent and this and I'm like now I'm really gonna screw that up and I I actually had a female a really good female friend of mine who's an artist manager in music say don't tell anyone don't tell anyone until you have to they're all gonna assume you're quitting Mm -hmm. just keep to yourself until like the 11th hour and she was just being my friend but that's the you know, it really felt like the cold, hard truth. And then the first person I told, um, which was a random long story, first person I told outside of my family was this guy I don't know very well, but he's another musician in the community. And he came right back with, well, your music career's over. Ooh. Or there, go- there goes your music career. That was the quote. And he's a great dude. He was not trying to be Obviously. a jerk. He has kids. <laughs> And so to him, you know, he was like, there's no way you're going to be able to do all of this. So I'm so thankful for women, you know, female musicians. That's why I'm like, want to have, I'm absorbing all these conversations because um, that sense of sort of doom is just brutal and obviously doesn't have to be the the end of the story. Um, But I did find myself just waiting a long time. It took me a long time to tell my bandmates. I knew that they would assume... Bands over, you know, and 
Um, it's, that's a real bummer. I think it's a storyline we have to figure out how to change. But you guys now can speak from the actual experience. <laughs> Mine's just fear-based, which is great. I, I don't know. I think I ended up having my son so much later that I think people were like, You're, you might be done in a bunch of ways. Like, just, <laughs> you know. You know, no, I'm fine with that. I was like, I'm not done. But, uh, but just sort of like, <laughs> but it was a natural progression. So I didn't have, it wasn't until I wanted to have number two that even, I think like even my own mother or friends were like, oh, you have two, you're done. You're like, you just won't have any time. Um, uh, but I, and I think I struggled with that for a while. Like when I had Orion, I, um, I was so used to doing music that I was like, oh, what's, what's this feeling of I don't care? I just didn't care about it for a while at 41. I wanted to be with my son. And I let the, the idea of time get um, too worrisome. Do you know what I mean? Because I was like, I, I guess I, I think I had said to you, like, I wish I would have just said, like, yeah, I'm taking a break. I want to be with my kid. Uh -huh. uh, it'll, you know, and I'm not going to worry. This will be here for me because I will choose to make it here for me. And whatever format it comes in, like, I'm going to do music either way. And that came home to me. Uh, our family moved to Minneapolis for a few years, and my son was five. And I, I knew some people there, but certainly wasn't Seattle um, legacy or history or, you know, places he might hear about me. And I just thought, uh, we got on the third year mark, and we're like, are we staying or are we going? And I, one of the things I thought was, if we stay here and I never talk about it, he'll never know. Like, there's no, and I was like, that's, that's not right. Like, and, and that's when, like, the whole, what clicked for me was like, this is who I am. This is a big part of me. I need to go rescue it. And so even though others were like, You're, you just won't have time, it was just sort of like, well, this is, I'm going to make time for now reasons that are clear to me, for me, but also I want my son to have an example of a woman who is an artist, and uh, and he's much, he's turning eleven this, so he's much more like, that's my mom. Yeah. So, yeah. yay, Orion. Yeah. <laughs> Did he? Do you, Carrie? Do you think that he, you felt that way as Orion got older, like as you started to, he became a little more independent from you, that you realized like, oh, I, there's this part of myself that's really important to me, and I want to make sure he's familiar with that. And well, I, I actually I think what struck me was we were in Minneapolis, and I was just like, when I was, forty five. And when I was appreciating the 20-some years I'd built up a community, I was like, try and build a new community at 45 with a kid and all that. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to the bars. Like, I just valued all the relationships and the teams, right? Like, all the teams and everything. And so a lot of it was for me because I was feeling extremely lost and absent. Like, where, where did I go? Like, that person isn't here. Like, I'm working corporate, and I'm a mom, and where, and that hit me. That was really hard. I got really, oh God, like, is that just gone? Am I done? And I just thought, let's get a little fight in us and like get her back. So, I'm glad you did. Yes. I'm very glad you did. Uh, I know that feeling. I, I had such a different approach. So this is really fun because we have Shelby who's coming up on it. And then we have you who like, did your career and then had kids and then came back to like just crush it and dominate which is exactly what's happening i love you this is happening but um i had a different experience where you know i had done that like whole like getting steamrolled by uh midwestern life and all of a sudden i was like i have three kids and i live in portland oregon and i really want a real music career 
And that was an interesting feeling because I didn't have anyone to tell. I didn't have like anyone to break the news to. I didn't like have a manager to go to and be like, listen, I'm so sorry, but I got pregnant. <laughs> what I had to do was like approach other musicians and go, I'm serious. And I, yeah, I'm at, at that time I was a single mom and I had three kids and one of them had special needs. Like things have stayed largely the same for me. And, um, the, the fear for me was not being taken seriously. And, um, We've had many experiences talking to potential managers or, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the questions do come up. How do you tour and have kids? Um, and, you know, I just always say, like, believe it or not, I had these children with a man, you know, <laughs> like, and he is also a parent. And I put him through medical school. So now he participates in me putting myself through music life school. And he's awesome, and we, you know, we um, share custody with the kids, and we stack time based around when we travel, which also is limited because we're all, like, so old, you know? Like, we're in our late 30s, and we're tired. So I'm lucky. I think, I think it's worked out well that I'm not with, like, a bunch of 23-year-olds who are like, let's live in a van! Like, we're all like, we need nice sheets. Like, it's a different kind of expectation yes. but I would say that when we meet people who are going to be working with us like a publication company or a, a, you know any of these people who are on your team like Shelby said there's always a conversation about so you are a parent and I'm not sure honestly if that also happens for the guys no it doesn't I knew God, but I, and, and, you know, and Reba's had to say to me many times, like, well, it's a, it's a valid question. And like, let's not get to, cause I get so riled up. And I guess the reason that I get so riled up is because I've got it. They're all alive and they're all happy. And I don't need you to manage my personal life. And that is like a really interesting position to be in. I understand the curiosity um, I wish it was presented as such. I wish it wasn't presented in a business setting. I wish that when we're talking about, can you represent Lenore? It was about our music and our talent and our availability. End of sentence. And I wish it never came up. Joy, how do you manage being a single mom and touring? I just want to be like, I'll tell you how I manage it. I got it. I am a grown woman with resources and I will take care of it. But... At the same time, I, you know, but I think what it would I talk about on the podcast? best set of multitasking skills they could ever, you would be like, I will, I will, I will be on this and I will also be managing everything else that's potentially happening at my home front or co-managing it with yeah. my co-parent. But and you don't have to the truth it. is like, I think the reason it stings so much is because I have doubts that I can do a lot of it. It's tough. And I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have an incredible team and Reba manages our band. Like that's pretty great. You know, one of my best friends I've ever had who understands my life on an intimate level and helps make it work with a band. Like, but at the same time, it's like, those are conversations men aren't having, but those are the supports that men do have. So they get all the advantages of those like tight knit communities, but none of the weird questions and in interviews. Well, and aren't you, uh, and this is a question to both of you guys, cause like, I don't, I don't have management now or anything, but like uh, my thought is like, aren't, 
don't you just crave people who can think outside the box, mm -hmm. who are gonna work with you at the age and intelligence you are? Like, I want smart people. Mm. Like, show me how we're gonna do it. Don't tell me how I can't. I can't stand that. I'm a big bitchy lady about it. Yes. Like, don't tell me no, tell me how, yes. you know? But that's so rare. It's so rare to just have someone say, instead of, you're a hindrance to me if you're questioning me because I'm already insecure and tired. Yes. And I need you to tell me how you're gonna get me down the road mm -hmm. or I'll do it for you mm -hmm. and then take the 10 percent. You, <laughs> you said something in that interview with Shelby where you said, um, I give myself permission. I don't need that from you. And I think like after a certain point when you decide I'm going to be a musician, I'm going to be a mother, I'm gonna have a career and I'm going to be really good at both. Like that's a decision you make just like anyone else, any dad or mom. And I think having people who come at you and go, that's awesome, okay, so now, like what's some creative ways we can approach this whole thing, you know? Because it's not like we don't need creativity. Like, we do. It's hard. I want to be home as much as possible. My son has special needs. He has, like, three appointments a week. Like, this is a thing that's happening. It's a whole. It's not like I want to pretend like it's not happening. I don't want to be treated like a 23-year-old. I just want the respect of someone knowing that I've got it. And just smart people. Smart Help people. me get to Europe. Yes. Smart people. How? Smart people who believe in Italy. It's yeah. smart people. Yeah. Here's where I'm going to give my husband props. I made a dark joke about him before. <laughs> it, was, it was good. He's Irish, though, so, like, dark jokes. Yeah, come you're with, doing He's it taught me how to... Yeah. Anyway, um, he, he has already said, you should just plan shows and tours, and we're going to figure out yep. how to make sure you get back out there. Mm -hmm. And so, whether it's your current husband, or was never your husband, or yeah. whatever, um, the partnership does matter. It does. And... I, you know, obviously, it's twice as challenging if there's not anyone to hand them off to. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of those storylines as well in there rock and are. roll. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of women who hand off to a cousin or yeah. a grandparent, you know. The community the at community. large. I think that's how yeah. Drew Barrymore was conceived, but we'll talk about it later. She was <laughs> next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but this brings, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but the whole idea of like community. And reliant and actually asking for help and reliance like collective. Like I feel a collective coming on. Oh. Yes. Yes. Among even amongst musicians. Because even as an individual musician, you have your own work cut out for you. But what I was excited about when Shelby called me was like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk to somebody. I'm so tired of being isolated. Like I want like you know, so I'm like, okay, I'll book a show with you. Yeah. Where do you want to play? You know, not you, you know, yeah, like yeah. if you want that off your, you know. But working as a collective of people is you can get so much crap done. Mm -hmm. There's power in numbers. Yeah. Do you want to sing a song about that, Shelby? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have the perfect song. I have the perfect song. I wasn't sure what I was going to play next, but um, Sheets. Good Sheets. Oh, so, like, oh yeah. yeah. I love good Sheets, man. <laughs> Who doesn't? You know what? 23-year-olds don't. They don't care. Um, this song, I didn't write this song. But I started playing it a few years ago. I started covering it um, as I started thinking about this whole family question and being a touring musician. And um, I felt like I could have written this song. It was written by uh, the amazing, wonderful Lucinda Williams. Yeah. And Lucinda, which I didn't realize actually, 
She didn't, she didn't actually like break until her 40s. She played yeah. music forever and, and she's like 66 now and just Woo! touring hard. Um, she never did have kids, which I find some sadness in when I sing this song, just knowing that this is where her mind was um, in her late 30s or early 40s. Um, so she recorded this. This was on a record that, that sort of broke for her. Um, but then Mary Chapin Carpenter sort of made it a hit. And it's about this question of like, can I actually have it all and do it all and be a maker? And I practiced it today and I thought of you too, because it's not just about trying to be a musician with family. Like, you'll hear it. Um, I mean, I, you'll he I assume you'll hear it <laughs> in a second. This is called Passionate Kisses. Too much to ask. I want a comfortable bed that won't hurt my back. Food to fill me up and warm clothes and all that stuff. Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have all of this? And passionate kisses. Passionate kisses. Whoa. Kisses from you. Is it too much to demand? I want a full house and a rock and roll band. Pens that will run out of ink and cool, quiet time to think. Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have all of this? And passionate kisses, passionate kisses, whoa, passionate kisses from Going overboard to want that touch. Shouted it out tonight. Give me what I deserve, cause it's my right. Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I? That's one of my faves. That song. 
That's a great song. <laughs> I love hearing stories that, like that as well. Like Lucinda Williams or somebody's writing. They didn't start, or they didn't start painting until they were like 60 yeah. or 70. And um, there's a whole bunch of I'm Not Dead Yet. <laughs> That's the name of my next record, I'm Not Dead Yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know, right? So, um, uh, so I'm, I am actually like finishing up a four solo CD, and so I'm playing a bunch of that stuff for you guys. But, um, uh, <laughs> but I've tried to bring my son to like shows. He's a, he's a, a lot more introverted, and, and like loud noises or whatever. Like the places that I've gotten used to, mm -hmm. or that you just like endured or whatever, like stinky backstages, you know. Or uh, I like I don't think about it anymore. I brought him to a show where we were backstage in a theater, and I forget that it's like it's dark. And it's, if the band's going, it's super loud. And what I find like a dream tunnel, he's like, nightmare. <laughs> and so, because it's just like over, but, but I love that innocence of like, and it took me kind of back to any time I ever felt nervous, but didn't have anybody to tell, you know, like, uh, that I was like, oh yeah, this would be like, if you, if you weren't feeling like you had to just like get over it and get into it, he had like a pure response. It was just like, this is all, you know, like, why would you do this? But once, once he gets out and sitting, he's like, oh, that was really lovely. Thanks, you know. Thanks, Mom. I just feel bad that I'm dragging him into dark corridors. That's all. Like, <laughs> the song is called Wrestle It Out. She's the one who wakes in the morn, cuts her hair on glass to be free. It's the mediocre mind that jumps about and defeats me, making me ill at ease. So it seems. Ooh. And will we wrestle it out? Jump out of windows and houses to run away. To what awaits us? She's the one who proves in an instant just what she is made of. She's queen. Ooh. It's the Minnesota mile that drives me down from the mountain, kicking my ass in time. Set me free. Jump out of windows and houses to run away to what awaits us. And will we wrestle it out? Jump out of windows and houses to run away to what awaits us, to what saves us, to survive. Jump out of windows and houses to run away to what awaits us. Mm, no, it saves us to survive. 
about our windows and houses to run away to what awaits us She's the one who wakes in the morning cuts her hair on glass to be free It's the mediocre mind that jumps about and defeats me, making me ill at ease. So it seems. And will we wrestle it out and jump out of windows and houses to run away to what awaits us? Jump out of windows and houses to run away To what awaits us What saves us To survive No, will it break us And will we wrestle it out And jump out of windows and houses to run away To run away To what awaits us Lil Man liked that one a lot Oh, oh I love the baby Lots of dancing <laughs> Still want She's a baby She's talking about me <laughs> She calls me a little man. It's crazy. Uh, Reba, can we do thirsty now? I like feel like the energy's high, and I really want to. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. She knows what I mean. She speaks my language. Oh, I can't believe that's your voice. I, because I'll tell you why. Because the the conversation that we will have next time about aging as a woman and the fear behind my voice changing. And when I saw that you wrote in an article, you said, my voice has never been better than it is now. And that confidence is so apparent when you sing. You know your instrument so well. And it is, as someone who takes my, like Reba and I take our vocals seriously, like instruments, and to hear you do what you just did as confidently as you just did it after a 10 year break. <laughs> ah! It just feels so good to watch and to hear. Crushing it. No, crushing it. Really, really good. I, I, I have a list of requests. We'll talk later. <laughs> Can you do this one? Anyway, the show's going to be long. But um, They're not the next, getting paid, by the way. No? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're getting paid in hugs um, and exposure. <laughs> Everyone's the next song we're going to do is uh, our newest single that Reba wrote that as I have two little girls and my little boy and this song is kind of like a like the first line is stand tall woman you come from stars 
And it is not as cheesy as I just made it sound. It somehow really works. Do you have anything you want to say about the song? Oh my gosh, I've just been like wanting to talk all night about she myself. Can't wait. She can't wait. Um, I don't have kids and they won't let me talk about myself. About your cats. Uh, Let's talk about Olive. No, um, this is illuminating and uh, might I say... I, I'll be 39 in July, and um, I do still plan on becoming a mother one way or the other. Yeah. Um, and it's really encouraging to just know that, like, lots of people have a kid when they're 40. Mm -hmm. I'm married. Like, I, I, like, nailed the dude. Nailed him. Um, okay. Our nailed lives, him. yeah, technically and figuratively. <laughs> um, and we're, not, we're just not quite there yet, but like we both want it. And so, yes, and yes, and yes. Um, and fine. And thank you, and thank you for letting me sing with my, my wife, um, my platonic snuggle partner. Platonic um, snuggle life and partner. And songwriting partner. And yes, this is a song that, um, it's just, it's like a, it's meant to uplift Anyone who needs to be uplifted, but in particular women, because damn. damn, ain't we had it rough for a minute? I don't know. It's forever a minute. <laughs> Stand tall, woman, you come from stars. You've got thick skin and a tender heart. You can piece together what they told tender heart You've got thick skin and a tender heart In the evening it comes creeping through the window across the ceiling wrap unwind you trap and bind you
Rebecca, thank you. Your, your voice is amazing, too. You guys sound, that was beautiful. Straight hit. I, oh, I kept thinking That's a straight hit. Can you just show up on my house while I take a little yes. net like lullaby to sleep? Like, I've already oh, been there I for years, that. but hiding in the bushes. So this is so much more comfortable with an invite. <laughs> See, where were you? I want to be on tour right now. That went a little more stalker-ish than I was going to go back to, but um, I want to talk about support. Oh, okay. <laughs> support, um, because I think that that's an important theme. Um, I am wearing my girlfriend's dress, the same yes. girlfriend who did my hair while my kids are playing at her house with her kids. Like, I think we all rely on a team of people in our lives to help us parent and live. And I'm curious if you have this support system, if these are women and or people uh, in the music industry or if what you are assuming will be your village um, and hoping will be your village um, or if these are a mix of music friends and other friends and family or how that looks. And if there is a network, what you were saying, like you felt isolated as a musician and a mother and you didn't necessarily have other people to connect with who were experiencing the same thing as you, which I think um, from personal experience and motherhood, that's like the hardest thing is the isolation that can happen um, at some point. So how did you navigate that? And was it through music or friends or was it through other friends or are you now connecting with women who are in the same position? Um, well, well, like one of my oldest friends is here, like our kids are about the same age. And so um, I de definitely think as we get older, our kids hang out a little bit more. But for a long time, um, and this is probably a longer story, I, what has struck me when I sort of mentioned that question was, um, I don't understand how I have spent like years with bandmates, yet none of our children hang out. No one ever calls each other for help. No like that's an interesting uh, topic for me, to me. Like all these people that you spent your 20s with and all of this, like no one's connecting that way, why? And, and I am a, a criminal of that as well. Like, and I don't know what that is, if it's just too, so much independence and so much practice of that, like I wouldn't call anyone. Or if there's embarrassment, that's like an intim intimacy that maybe you don't realize you need to get to and go from bandmates to friends and what friendship really means. Um, uh, but yeah, but yeah, I, I thought about that now. I think we're all much more practiced in calling each other. Um, but like, I still have like single mother friends who uh, I'm like, why, you know, why don't you call me? Like, why don't you ever call? I'm certainly calling you guys yeah. now. You're now my friends. You don't know whether you knew that or not. Right. Like, um, but I think that's an important topic. I don't know if that resonates for anybody, even in the audience, too. Like, why don't oh, yeah. people call each other for help? Like, why don't we live in the same neighborhoods together? Um, for many reasons, I'm sure. But, like, I don't know if it's such an individual, individualistic society that it's sort of like, it's not like everybody lives on the same block anymore. But people need help, right? I think, too, like, specifically with the bandmates. Like, I know for me, I really kept accidentally my band at an arm's length about what was actually happening with me because I was so concerned about uh, basically being asked to politely remove myself from the band, which is insane. It, I started the band with Rebecca. Like, <laughs> but imposter syndrome is real, and I was trying really hard to be a good, nay, great mother. And... Also, I, I think I tried for, for longer than I'm proud of to keep everybody unaware of one another without even realizing I was doing it. 
because that preserved my work, which, you know, we say banned, but really it's a work, it's a job. So I was really trying to keep those things separate. And I think that women do that a lot and men do it as well, I'm sure. I don't know, I haven't been one, but um, <laughs> not for years. But, um, I, but specifically, I can say that I didn't call people often or just be honest about things like when they'd say, hey, uh, band practice this Tuesday at eight o'clock and I would say, I'll make it work. And then I would like cry myself to sleep about like trying to find a sitter and how will I afford that and all this stuff when, you know, it's a lot easier now when I say like, no, that doesn't work for me, you guys. Uh, I have the kids that night. And guess what they say? Cool. How about the next Tuesday? You know, like there was this weird, there's a weird thing where you don't tell your bandmates because you're so worried that they're going to all say, oh, I guess the band's done. And the only reason we worry about that is because there's a few dicks who do say that, you know? But yeah, reaching out and being able to be like bold about like, I need help also requires the confidence to hear someone say no, yeah. you know? And so I, that's why I avoided it for so long. But like in related news, I need 15 bucks. <laughs> we'll get you that. Thank you. I obviously haven't lived this out with the, the child on the scene, but even in pregnancy, it's been really interesting to see, because... Uh, my music life is very much, uh, is very dude heavy. And, what? and <laughs> what? I can't imagine. My entire band and entire team of people I work with are all men. And I've had a great experience being a woman in music. I have no bad feelings about that at all. Yeah. And I love my bros, but holy smokes, did they disappear. They, mm -hmm. I, I assume they don't know how to deal with this. Little known fact, um, we we went through fertility treatments and I gave myself my first injection in a hotel room in the middle of California with my entire band asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and to this day, they don't know that. We'll send now them the do. podcast. Well <laughs> but, you know, so it got very yeah. mixed yeah. there for a minute. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because they're my best people too. They're, you know, we make art together and music in which is this incredibly bonding intimate thing but for whatever reason my pregnancy my community has been women which is so awesome like yeah. just strong women all around and new for you know like it's brought new relationships as well which is really cool but um I don't know I don't know if you could think of your dream like scenario with regards to who you would be surrounded by as you raise this baby who who would that what would that look like I'm curious Oh, just lots of makers. I mean, men and women and, you know. People makers or, like, crafty <laughs> makers? <laughs> they can be people makers, but not specific. No, like, cre creative. Um, you know, my husband has a really amazing, he's from Ireland, and he's lived here for 16 years or so, and he has a really strong community, and and so I'm grateful for that. There are a bunch of them here tonight. Woo! Shout out. Um, really amazing community. Uh, and then I have this amazing community of music folks. And I hope that, you know, they reemerge when there's a person. <laughs> or I want the makers to teach my person to be a maker. I, I think there's, I wonder, and you guys can say, because I'm 52. And so I just remember, yeah. Yes. Half a century, people. Um, still here. I'm not on any not medication. It's pretty miraculous. <laughs> never got a habit of, uh, no, well, never mind. Anyways, that's another, another podcast. Um, yes. Um, but one thing I feel like 
and I wonder what your guys' thoughts are. This is, especially in the last five years, I think for me, I've gotten a lot more righteous in my head about like being, um, enjoying more, but actively going, I enjoying being a woman. Like I am a, I'm going to actively um, pride myself on like goddess, powerful, I'm a mom, uh, and, and think about it in that terms. Um, and, and even now I kind of knee jerk like, oh, that sounds really hippie or whatever. I'm like, oh, no, this is what I am. I'm like, I'm a mother. I can sing. I can do all these things or whatever. And that's powerful. And I cannot wait for you to agree with me. Like, and, and not like anybody's arguing that much, but there's a little bit of like, if I don't step into it first and say like, this is what it looks like, then I'm probably going to be waiting, you know, because there's a lot of grow up. Give yourself permission. Yeah. You said that. And uh, backstage we were talking about apologizing. And you said, oh, I'm so good at apologizing. And I just laugh because it's like the oldest conversation going on between women. Like we're trying to stop apologizing. But really, um, like it is like a weird discipline to instead of saying like, I'm sorry uh, that we have to work around my schedule. I have three kids. Just to say thank you for being willing to move it to next Tuesday. I'm a mom and I love it. You know, like just like trying to like switch that conversation, which I do, I, I truly do think it applies to everybody in whatever they're doing. And uh, I, I'm not religious any longer. Um, and the next song that I'm going to play is about me leaving religion. And uh, that was a big deal for me and my family. And it was a big deal for me to make that choice raising kids. But um, the other day, one of my friends gave like this, benediction on Facebook, this thing that was just like, you know, you can do it and, rah, and like call on your community and you're a great person. Like just this wonderful thing. But then she said at the end, and by your own free will, so be it. Oh, I love that. And it just gave me chills. So and when you were talking about like, if I, I believe in myself and I know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm doing all these things well and I can't wait for you to agree with me, it like gives me that yeah. same pull, you know? I think I need all of your Facebook friends, apparently, because mine do not post such inspirational stuff. Don't forget, I grew up in rural Montana. It's a real mixed bag. Um, You ready? Yeah. I have one more. Should we do a closing? Should I do that? And then... Hey, this is my first time doing this. You're doing great. You're doing great. Good job, Amanda. So I think we'll just, we'll start with you because you can anticipate this, but I want to know how music, um, how your music has changed since you've become a mother, how that's informed, how you sing, what you sing, what you sing about or what you yeah, write about. I'm, I'm going to answer that in a minute in the final song round. <laughs> oh, because, you know, it's, I'm one song deep <laughs> in, the, in the new musical era. Um, hmm. Oh, well, we, I was thinking about this. You and I talked when we did the interview. We talked about, you had said, because of what others have said about, oh, it's going to end or whatever, you're like, am I going to be able to write a song? Is all my creativity going to go away, right? You were like, Oh, and like five people have been like, that kid's record's going to be amazing. Aww. Yes. Never said I'm making a kid record. 
or a Christmas record. No Christmas record. I would make the shit out of a Christmas you, record. Yeah, you I would. feel like you really would. I feel like four non moms needs to. Oh, Christmas record. Yeah. Like, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like this four is non -moms. for a later time. Four non moms. Exactly. But the funny thing is, we're moms. I do. <laughs> oh my god, you're killing me. Um, she's my new best friend. Um, oh what was I saying? Oh. Um, well, no, we were talking about it and I was like, oh no, you're going to have so much more to talk about and not because you're just tired and, um, you know, but just like there's going to, there's, you deepen as this is a whole new experience. You're going to, you're a mom. There's a whole nother, um, level to your life you've just added. And that makes you wiser, smarter, interesting. Um, and it's so deep that there's no way I was like, there's no way in hell you're not going to have ideas till you're dead. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Check. Don't worry about it. Wait till somebody close to you dies. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Give it 15 minutes. Gets even better. No, I'm kidding. I'm really sorry. That was dark. I liked it so Joy, much. Joy, back me up. Come on. I back you up. Someone you love will die one day and you will have a song out of it. No, um, I will say this though. I think that the biggest thing about being a mom, and I, I think this is important to bring up because there's so many women who are choosing a different path now, who are deciding not to have children. And I just have to say, as a mom that is passionate about being a mom and loves it and feels enriched by it and strengthened by it and challenged by it, I get it. I really get it. I get why people aren't having kids. And I think that the thing that I have gotten from being a mom is this confidence in who I am because I know that my purpose is always very clear to me. Like the band could end, uh, my vagina could fall off, I could grow a beard and I would still be a mother and I would still know who I am and what I am. But the older I get, um, it's my birthday in a few days, don't freak out. Uh, but the older I get, the more I realize that that isn't necessarily as much about being a mother as it is about coming into the fullness of being joy and being like who I am is really exciting and it's super fun and it's incredibly difficult to like own all aspects of that um you know in as a musician and as a mom but like what a good time to like have that permission and like my deepest wish is that every single person gets to experience that whether they go through like the the fire and fury of of you know childbirth or not because really I think it is about coming to that place where you're like, <laughs> I know my purpose. I know exactly what I'm up to for like the next 10 years, you know, or whatever. Taking Just 10. That's how Just long 10. I parent. <laughs> I parent for 10 years and then you're on your own. I was like, no. awesome. Is that all it's going to be? Um, do you want to do another song and then we'll like Phil Donahue it out here and see yes. if anybody wants to come up and ask questions? Okay. Yeah. okay. I had such a boner for Phil, man. I love a silver fox. Kind of was, kind of was. Oh, hey, last call for bar. This is important information. Uh, if you need another bevy, hit it up. Now's the time. Uh, so this is this is literally the uh, the song that I've written since Woo! being pregnant. Um, and I did a, an event at Hugo House here in Seattle, which is yeah, yeah. Uh, an awesome literary center. They like develop young writers and host 
you know, touring authors and do all kinds of cool stuff. And they they do this event, I think maybe like once a year, where it's three authors and a songwriter, and we're all given a theme, and uh, everyone has to create new work to the theme. And we were given the theme, I don't think I knew I was pregnant yet, or maybe I just, I just found out I was pregnant, and um, the theme <laughs> we were given was diving into the wreck. So I had, you know, plenty of like dark ideas, but then I also was thinking, oh man, um, you know, just based on, well, I should back up and say, like, for some reason, when you start telling people you're pregnant, they, they just like regale you with the most horrific stories of all time. Has anyone, do you know what I'm talking about? Just horror stories about what's going to happen to you uh, when you give birth? I don't know. This, is, this has been my experience. Um, I've had a real earful. So anyway, I was thinking, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about like the future wreck of my body. And that'll be funny and whatever. And then I had lunch with a good friend of mine um, who I've known for 20 years. And as you guys all know, I am of advanced maternal age, as they call it in the medical industry. Um, so anyway, my, I was out to lunch with my friend and I told him that I was pregnant and he was like, you know, Earl, that's so awesome that you're doing this later in life because it's like you got good use out of your body before it's gone. Oh, what? Oh, my God. I need his number. <laughs> yeah. My biggest, I mean, I should say, to be fair, he's very sarcastic. So, like, he's, he's a funny dude. We also talk without filter. So, um, anyway, I was like, oh, there's my song. So, I wrote this tune called Good Use, and I'm going to need your help at the end, okay? Are you guys, are you into it? I know it's like a quiet Thursday night. Okay. Uh, this is Good Use. This back has always held me straight These legs have always moved with grace This frame has always kept its shape For the most part Hey. 
Now the wreck gets closer every day And the tales of carnage come my way Who cares? They want to hear me say Cause fuck it, I'm old anyway You played that song, and I was like, I don't want to play anything of mine. I was like, that's happy. It was a good song. See, and you wrote this song? Uh-huh. It's happening already. It is. You're emoting. You're emoting. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to play a love song. There you go. Aww. Cool, cool, sleep tonight for the first time. Let my voice reach you tonight Now I can't miss you This mass dynamite For the first time Let my voice reach you tonight And there's nothing here but a ruling Feelings, your feelings, and one side by side by side. We'll sing, oh, yes, sweetly, with good words tonight. I have only 
one thing to give you Oh, what I give you Well, I'm hard I wish so Idea Yeah, idea But that for the first time I know you're real Feeling, just feeling, and warm, full, and generous are your eyes. Now, your eyes, now there's you and I side by side, oh, my side, holding hands, yeah, by the ocean, late at night. Here by the ocean Late at night I can oh. calling you guys all the time. Oh, it's like <laughs> truly bananas. I have a gross face too when I listen to a singer that I like. So I wish I was like, I'm just sitting here like, oh yeah. Like it's like <laughs> guitar face, but uglier. So I can't wait to see the stills from, from this. Uh, I'd also just like to say side note, this is my uh, coffee table. This exact bench is what is a coffee You're at table. Home. Right? Yeah. It's, it's literally it. It may not the same one. I have a different one. I'll leave this here, but I didn't bring this for the show tonight. 
Uh, we're going to sing that song about uh, losing my religion. We were going to name it that, but R.E.M. beat us to it by, by a good minute. Uh, and my parents are still both pastors, and I was a music pastor for 11 years to please them, <laughs> which, you know, was effective, but exhausting. And um, they, you know, they know where I'm at, and they listen to this song, and they love it. And they're so nice. And my dad is so sweet, and he told me if, that God is love and beauty is loving. And if it's not loving, don't be a part of it. That was his response. And um, one of the lines in the song is, love is not agreement, it's enough. And I always think about that with my fam. Yeah, we'll kick your stuff, Shelbs. <laughs> anyway, this is a fun one to do with Reeves. I like Maybe it. rock this? <laughs> rock and roll.
tell the sun If I was needing guidance and I was I turned my head I looked out and said The sun can come and find me if he wants The sun can come and find me Rebecca. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Rebecca. Also, get one up in there soon. Get one up. I'm trying. So if anyone has comments, questions, feedback, Concerns. name suggestions for Shelby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I can meet you halfway across the floor because I... Don't know if Brent will kill me. Jeannie. I'm afraid if Such I leave. A service oh, Jeannie, you provide. coming to you. What? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Similar experience is the number one note I get from that. And someone else came up to me at the last show, and we got to play a show with Shelby. And um, a, a guy came up to me, and he said, uh, similar experience, I wish my parents had responded like yours did. Yours did. That's so nice to hear. But yeah, like, don't we want to be those kind of parents, you know, that say, okay, like, what if my kids turn out to be like weird little tiny Republicans? <laughs> I don't know. It could happen. I, you remember Family Ties? It happened. Alex, did you? Alex, thank you. Uh, okay. Anyone else? I feel like this is just like a big living room. Hi. Um, you know what? We can get you. But do you want a mommy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need your your voice captured. <laughs> By the way, while we're doing there, there were so many women who said, "How do we listen tonight?" And I realized, oh my God, we made an event for a group of people who are the hardest people to get to events, and they all thought they could listen live. And so sorry if we miscommunicated. <laughs> Next time we'll like yeah. Facebook live it or yeah, something. Yeah, we'll Facebook live it. I don't know. But it will be podcast. So if you had people who wanted to be here and could, it'll be on the podcast. Okay. Thank you for opening your hearts, your minds. I felt very inspired and empowered. And I wanted to start with that. Uh, I think there was no introduction to the last song. And I really wanted to find out what happened to cause loss of religion. And let me take it big picture because as mothers or non-mothers, as people who had to try to fertilize and neither 
you must have experienced either finding a religion or losing a religion or finding Satan and losing Satan, depending on what you're, what you're into. And yeah. And I just would love to hear your stories about that because I don't think we quite touched upon that. Thank you so much. Well, based off my song, uh, I will say that uh, I, uh, I really appreciate kind words and curiosity. And I think that um, any kind of faith is very personal and nuanced. And I know that where I am right now isn't where I'm going to be in a week or two weeks, you know. Um, but the things that, that shifted for me shifted when I had kids. Um, and when I had to, like, look at my kids and, like, the, we were getting gifted all these little books that were, like, all these, like, Bible stories and stuff. And I was reading them, like, what? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> and I named my son Jones, but his, like, legal name is Jonah. And if I got called a whale, uh, you know, 30 times, I got called a whale a thousand times. <laughs> Because Jonah was inside the whale. Hilarious. Dad. But, um, so that soured me. <laughs> but really, I, I think for me it was just a natural um, evolution of, of growing up into the person that I'm, I'm supposed to be at 37 right now. Or when I wrote that song at 33 right then. And I know it's going to keep changing. Um, and, you know, NASA willing... It will keep going a very scientific route, which is my preference. But I don't know. And I love feeling open to that shift and that change. And I'm glad that I was open then, and I'm glad that I'm open now. So if you want to hear more about my Lord and Savior, maybe, uh, I'll tell you about, all about him. <laughs> I had some, I, I had years, I also was a music uh, leader in a church. For some I didn't grow up in the church, but I did a, a weird thing where I went uh, voluntarily wow. at, like, at an older age. I can't um, wait till you can drink because then we'll really get yeah, into this. We'll, we'll get into this. Um, I am no longer involved actively in church, but I found in the process to, to address your question in the process of um, trying to create a life that I, it put me in a real spooky zone and I, I really felt sort of connected to a bigger picture and a bigger story. And when I, you know, finally got pregnant, I was like, I knew it. And when I found out it was a boy, I knew it. I had, and I had things happen along the way that felt really, you know, where it put me in this space of like faded, this is faded. And, and that's a lot to put on a thing, <laughs> but it's my personal experience um, it's felt, it's been, while there's been a lot of science involved <laughs> in the process, it's also felt very spiritual and it's been a, a cool sort of reconnecting and feeling like this life is like part of a bigger picture and a bigger story and I'm this, you know, vessel, to use that word. Um, so it's almost like brought me back, not to a physical church building, but <laughs> to a, a spiritual place I think um I didn't really I didn't grow up in a church I didn't grow up in church um but I'm more of a metaphysical person I sort of believe more in higher power source like we're all I definitely believe in connected uh synchronicities and um but it's been and, and when I was pregnant I felt uh I felt really calm like he was like he was a 
I felt very calm, like buddy, like this is my buddy, we're together, and that kind of connectedness. But as life, and, and as life goes along, it's interesting, um, as you're raising your kids, go, oh, I have philosophies on something, I'm not, I'm probably not interested in, I'm interested in what he thinks. Um, but we've had some experiences where you end up having these much more profound conversations, like my, my mother passed five years ago, and he was close to her, and so we have to talk about like how we grieve that, and my, my belief is that she's still here, and that we return to energy, and she's there, and so he can talk to her, and um, you know, as you have to, as you have to uh, work with grief, and um, I also feel like kids are closer to God, you know, and source energy and all that. I can get real woo-woo on you. Um, but I, uh, you know, I've lived by synchronicities like forever. I love that. And I feel like meeting people, this is all very synchronistic. Yeah. Um, but it's been profound with my son. Just like I forget, I'm like, oh, I have some things that I believe. I'll, I'll, I don't, I'm not going to be someone who's like, yeah, it's like this. But there's been natural conversations that come up. Or he'll say things that are profound. Like I, the first year my mother passed, Orion would walk up to me and he's like, it's okay, mama. You can talk to grandma. She's right here. You know, or you can talk to her anytime. And so we get each other through that. And, um, and that's, you know, what I believe with him. So I'll say, oh, she's here right now. We can talk to her. You know, or, um, and a little bit more, I guess I am thinking about sort of, you know, like, synchronicities and be kind to people and how that spreads and you're all connected and um you might not feel that way today because you're real mad at your friend but you know what I mean like that that what you do today affects things really far down the line so be kind and be patient because you're not separate really kind of thing I just have to say that I grew up in a really religious town in um bordering like the Arkansas Missouri border and um, where religion was very much, it wasn't a huge thing in my household, but it was very predominant in the town where I grew up. And I have two boys, one's nine, and his midwife who delivered him is here tonight, which I'm so, I'm so grateful for. Who is um, also my midwife. I know. <laughs> Full circle, synchronicity right there. Synchronicity in action. Yeah. But um, we don't talk a lot about religion in my household, but my son, my, my nine-year-old, always refers to God as a woman. And I have never said that to him. But he'll be like, kid. what do you think she thinks right now? And I'm like, um, God, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how She's to answer this. She's proud of you, buddy. Yeah, she is. And he's just, it's never crossed his mind that God would not be a woman. And so I think living in this area has been, a, it's like there's so many choices and options in this time right now. So I think it's a really great time to raise kids and let them discover these things. Um, does he listen to Ariana Grande? Or he, does, he does not know who that is. Well, then it's magic. I also will say. <laughs> like, I don't know. I will is, she, also is she close to God? Is she godlike? God well, is she like, has a song called God is a Woman. And oh, it's, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm no. the only, I shouldn't know that, but I do. No, no. Uh, I have an 11-year-old who's very committed to Ariana Grande's Thank actual you. life. Uh, I, my son just went through a stint in the hospital, and I just wanted to say, like, you know, what you were saying about, like, the, there's a lot of science involved, but it still feels like magic. The, the science is magic, and it's God. There's nothing, I mean, you know, just what you're saying, like, I hate to get woo-woo about it, but it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And somebody said after my son came through this tough time in the hospital where, like, long story short, he was saved by medicine. <laughs> like, I think that's most people's experience in a hospital. But <laughs> if I could be vaguer, it would be weird. But uh, he, he was. His life was saved by medicine. 
And I said to my friend, like, you know, what happened? And he said, that is a miracle. And I said, yeah, but I don't really like, I'm not really liking the God thing. And he said, Joy, God doesn't have to be real for a miracle to happen. Just calm down and just let, <laughs> just let it be a miracle. And I thought, like, that is kind of the fun thing about being a mom, too, is, like, you get to just say, like, yeah, it's, it's a fucking miracle. Like, it's crazy. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm pregnant. I know it took a lot of work or it didn't take any work or whatever, but it's a miracle, yeah. you know? Your, my body grew a penis twice. I find that still, that blows my mind. It took like, me a I second cannot believe to it. figure out what you meant. I know. Honestly, I like, not that is still that. so crazy to me. I'm sorry. It, blow, it really does blow my mind. Good job, body. And I, I know, I know, exactly. On that note, does anyone have any more questions? Doing it, Shelby. <laughs> or feedback. <laughs> sorry, Shelby. Traumatized? I can't believe that the question was about, do you, what's your experience like with God and the, the capstone was my body grew a penis twice. So, I mean, <laughs> it was awesome. It Cut was out all the middle. It's a miracle. There it's a miracle. Cut out However you middle. look at it, it's a miracle. Okay. okay. Hi there. I have a question. Um, so thank you very much, guys. It's amazing as a mother um, and um, you know a, a full time worker <laughs> career. Um, you know, I just I find everything you say very um, relevant to my life. Um, my question is very simple. Um, are there any inspirational artists that you have in your life? Like so, women in music that you look to who are also women or mothers um you know yeah of course you guys here but as you have been building your careers you know who have you found inspiration through oh well i've been really fascinated with patty smith because uh, hi she took a 35 year hiatus mm -hmm. um and i love that she was solid about it she was like I, you know when people were like oh one they were like where have you been you stopped doing art she's like one i never stopped doing art yeah. two i was raising my sons period like, like, like that's enough. Not like, oh, oh, you were gone, and that's like bad. Like, no, no, it wasn't. And I, so I just, I'm fascinated about um, again the span of time and not worrying so much because you get really panicky about like, what if I stop? It, it all ends, and it's like, no, it doesn't. No. And life is long. We hope. So. Yeah. I've been. I am just super excited right now because I, when I set out to find a few musicians who are moms that I could maybe interview for the full, and like hope that there were some people still making work. It turns out there are a hell of a lot of women out here making amazing work. Um, I do wish they were talking more openly about being moms as well. I think there's some kind of pressure in rock and roll to like separate these things. But um, I'm currently really ex excited by and inspired by Sharon Van Etten. Um, if you know her work, she has a one-year-old. She just put a new record out last month, and it's killer. It's called The Comeback Kid. I'm like, you were only gone for like a minute. <laughs> but, but she's on tour, you know, with the kid. Now, granted, she has resources, which is a thing we didn't, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But, but she made a killer record and and so she's apparently going to be the type who doesn't take a break but I'm you know it's fun to see all the different models of how women are balancing this and mm -hmm. still making you know whether or not they go to her or not yeah. um, I <laughs> I have so many uh, mom friends Ugh, sounds gross I hate it <laughs> but I have a lot of great friends uh, one of my friends like my best friends from like forever ago is here, Nadia with her baby. And we went to college together, that college uh, together, Bible college back in um, 2000. Yeah. So we've been friends now for 19 years. 
And uh, I haven't even... 19. I know. We've lived together more than we've lived apart, so it's official. But um, I haven't even looked... It didn't ever dawn on me to look for musician women in my position. And I'm this whole conversation that you've started just in my life by asking me to be here was so mind-bending where I was like, yeah, I'm not the only one, you know? Like, I didn't even think to do it, so it's really exciting. But the people that I've clung to in my life have been uh, other working moms because uh, that I was, I've always been a working mom. I've been a single mom more than I haven't. And to, like, have this kind of, like, experience of, uh, you know, having to work and have a job and knowing someone else does that, I don't care if it's music or a fireman or whatever. Like, it's just nice to talk to someone else who's like, yeah, I'm all so tired, you know? But I think all moms are, but, you know. Anybody else have anything? We have a not fully formed question. Oh, please. Um, So... Bear with me, but I um, I grew up in the deep south, Lake Charles of Lucinda Williams fame, um, and I felt really out of place there and not really accepted by my family. Like, my mom was trying to make me into somebody that I wasn't. Um, and so as a mother of two young boys, something that's really important to me is really meeting them where they are and really just deeply accepting them for who they are. And I guess I want... One of them also has special needs, so that's really interesting to me to hear. We got this. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think I want to just hear you speak to, just from the perspective um, as an artist, like just that feeling of like really accepting your children for who they are, whether they're artists or not, or whatever their little beings or personalities might be. Just speak to it from that perspective. I, I love that... Um, for whatever reason in my family, we I, I sang to records growing up. I mean, I did choir and things like that, but I never talked about music with my family. Like, never. It, it was a mishmash of people, and you probably would have been made fun of, and so it was very private. So I love that my kid has no problem spontaneously singing at the top of his lungs, total beautiful nonsense, off-key, like just... His first song he ever said was like, I do what I want to do because that's what I want. You cannot tell me what to do. Just like alone. He was totally alone in his room. And I was like, you need to steal that. I'm going to be totally stealing it. Like just and and like it was normal walking around the house like, yeah, I'm going to tiger, you know, just like and I was and I I make a point to never say anything because I don't want to make it a thing. I'm like, feel free. You know, or he's yelling or whatever, because I would have never done that in my family. And I think that still plays out in me a little bit um, because I, I, I want him to feel free. And, uh, and I'm curious who he is. He like a couple years ago, he, uh, the kids are kind of starting to be like, oh, girls are not girls, but he's not at all. But one day he was like, mom, am I gay? And I was like, I don't know. Like, so, but I love that he would ask that. Like, yeah. he's just in, in the pure state, but... My thing is kind of a big thing is to like celebrate him and be like, that's amazing. I think you're awesome. I'm very huggy. 
uh, I'm Kyle. He's probably getting pretty sick of that. He's turning 11. So he's like, eh, get off me. But I'm like, oh, you still smell good. Like, yeah. oh, you don't smell yet. Like, you're just soft. And I don't know. He's, he's really starting to hate it. But, um, <laughs> and my mom was kind of Swedish and not, she, I love my mom, but she wasn't like huggy, but I'm like all over that kid. Like, I can't get enough of him. But I, I, try, I, I, tr I love staying out of the way so that I'd be like, let your flag fly, whatever it is. And I can't wait to see what it is. Uh, you also mentioned uh, noticing that he was an introvert, that Orion was an introvert, and that the spaces that kind of you had become comfortable with and made you come alive didn't do that for him. And hmm? oh, do you care if I talk? Because that's no, I want it. I'm bringing it up because um, I want some stuff. <laughs> thank, all right, thanks, Joy. <laughs> well, it's funny because I. Uh, I thought at first I thought, oh, he's like his dad. He's introverted. He likes one-on-one -on -one conversations. But I remembered a memory of mine because I think doing music, though, be so, you get you're in front of people, so people think you're an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm actually on stage. I'm at home, but I need a lot of downtime, and I like to be alone. Although I I, mean, I want my girlfriends now. I got new girlfriends. Super excited. But I like a lot of alone time. But I had an old memory of my mom. Uh, when I was about five, she w she made clothes, and then in the mall, um, they had like a, a, a fashion show, and I remember she had me wear a dress and get in the middle of this ring to show off the dress, and I froze, and I just thought, I, di I didn't like it either. Mm -hmm. Not that she wasn't trying to be mean, but I, I'm like, oh, I'm actually like him. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I have just learned how to walk through a dark hall calm down and get on stage, but that's practiced. Because if you'd ever met me before my first band, Hammerbox show, 9.9 9 times out of 10, I was like, I want to go home. Yeah. I want to take a bath. I want to read comic books. I don't want to be here. And then it's weird. I don't know if you feel, I don't know if you feel the same way. Like I get on stage and I'm like, fine, I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's weird. So we shall see what he does. I ask him if he wants to be in a band. He's like, oh, for God's sakes, no. I will say too, like holding space for that that person. I have three, and especially like my little dude, who has like these like really special needs and all these different abilities, and like it's just like it's a real crapshoot. And like I think too, like holding that space for him, where it's like, guess what? You cannot want to be here, or you can be in a bad mood, and it doesn't necessarily define your personality. I feel like I was very defined early because I think that was cooler when we were young. Oh, she's the loud one, and she's the music one, and she's the reader, and she's this. And I think now we just all know more than our parents did, you know? And I think we can sit there and go, they're going through a really quiet time or a really loud time or whatever, but we're all growing and we're changing. And, like, let, knowing that our, our boys are going to be different people in two years, you know? And thank God, and so will we, you know? NASA willing. Or whatever. <laughs> Do you have any tools that you use to get you to this perspective? Or is it just time and experience? I just think about, like, you know, the different styles of parenting that exist yeah. and um, how you parent different children. At least I do differently. Yeah. My first child will always be my first child, and I will always get really nervous about things for him probably. I hope not. I'm working on it. <laughs> and then my second kid, I'm, I mean, he came home the other day, and he's like, hey, Mom. There are boys that born with a penis 
and they want a penis, and there are boys that are born with a penis, and they want a vagina, and there are girls that are born with a vagina and want a vagina, and there are girls that are born with a vagina and want a penis. And I was like, and you're you like, know. slow down. I didn't write it all down. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm trying like, to you know, figure this out. I think it's a little deeper than that, but you're four, and like that's cool, man. Like I'm yeah. glad that you have picked this up from conversations at home. But so I just don't worry about him at yeah. all, as nearly as much. So I'm curious if you having a child with special needs, having an, a first child, like how you have adapted to everyone and feel like, you know, how you parent them and what that looks like. I really, you know, they say like you're never a better parent than, you know, before you have kids. And that's like really true. But then I had the girls and I felt really, um, I feel like I got it. Like I am embarrassed to say it, but I really did feel like Oh, they're reading early, they're talking early, they're walking early, and get out of my way, you know? <laughs> and then Jonesy showed up, and nothing went right, or as expected, and it was just, I've had to let go of everything. I've had to let go of every single bit of pride that I didn't know I found in having an early reader, or every bit of like gross mom pride about like, well, she just potty trained herself. It was bananas. Like, <laughs> you know, and things like ways you don't know you're a dick and then you just are. Like you don't, you don't know it. And you don't think that you're holding on to those weird milestones like the medals that society wants you to wear them as. And it's not really even society. It's just like, you know, every accomplishment your child has is an accomplishment you have somehow, and every defeat is the same. And we just had so many accomplishments, and then Jonesy came, and it really, it broke us in a great way, where all of a sudden it was like, they just are going to be themselves, and I have so much less to do with it than I thought. And thank NASA. <laughs> like... <laughs> And thank God, and thank it all, because really, like, we do try so hard. There's not a mom out there. There's, I, I'd like to think there's not a dad out there that isn't trying their absolute fucking hardest to give this kid every advantage and, every, and read them the books and do the things. And then you have a kid who's sick, or you have a kid who's, like, maybe grumpy for, like, the first, like, 15 years of their lives. <laughs> And I just, I really do think it's important that, like, the letting go and holding space and being able to say, like, this is your story, and I feel so deeply connected to it, and I want so badly to be an author of it, but I just never will be, you know? I just am always just going to be your mom, who's, like, in the bleachers just being like, you can do it! <laughs> Which is my official role. Does anyone want to follow that? I don't know. If anyone, I'm just kidding. Please, if you have any more comments or questions. B. Oh, oh, oh two. Brent. Oh, no, Brent, sorry. We have, are we at... No, I have... Oh. 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 Come on, on up, Brent. <laughs> That's Brent who did sound. Give Brent a hand. Woo! Woo! I feel like I don't want to follow Brent anyway, so I'll go first. <laughs> Um, as a, uh, a mother of zero, uh, <laughs> yep, I, uh, I, I can't relate as a, a person that's had a child, but I can relate as a, a female. Um, and I think 
you know, there's something that can be said for being a woman and recognizing that we are all really tough. You know, everybody, all the women in this room, like we climb mountains every day, yes. every single day. Yeah. And you don't even realize it. You look back and you're like, wow, like I was way down there. Oh, holy crap. Um, and, you know, I think we spend a lot of time trying to empower other women. And as an educator of youth, you know, I kind of want to know what you would say is maybe the, the thing you hope or would say um, is like the biggest thing you want your kids to walk away from recognizing um, as like a grown adult. Like what would you say is like the thing you want to make sure they know about being a human or that you hope they recognize as being a human from like you being their mother? I was going to speak to that because it also kind of speaks to Mia's question too. Um, I feel really lucky to have grown up in a home where like everyone was is so unique. I mean, my brother is an accountant <laughs> and loves music, but like never had any interest in playing it. Um, I wanted to do that forever and always. Um, my parents have very different giftings and that was just and then now in our extended family my nieces and nephews like it's and this is true for everyone's family of course but um just really like letting a little human <laughs> become themselves which you guys are you know much further down the road getting to see that unfold but um I'm so excited to like I'm married to a sport loving computer programmer and I don't know a single thing about sports. <laughs> and, like, and so yeah, I'm so excited about, you know, what we'll be able to expose him to and then release the reins and, you know, watch him go. <laughs> I want Orion to be himself always and endure all the sectors of junior high and high school and everything to come, hopefully being able to endure, but also retain himself, like his vision, his uh, humor, whatever he thinks is funny. I, ho I hope that I'm confirming that his, how he sees things as a per is valid, um, that he's kind and he's, and I, th I think he's just born kind, but I want him to feel confident in that his path or way of being is perfectly fine. And, you know, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, that just like be thyself boldly, but also I think like the biggest thing in my house, like the only real rule is just be kind. Like you can curse and cuss and whatever, and you can even have like unkind moments, but like the deep thread of like trying to raise kind people. And like it takes confidence to be kind. And that's like what I'm always, you know, thinking about with the girls too, you know, because they're two years apart, 23 years apart. 23 months, sorry. They're not 23 <laughs> years apart. I'm not a vampire. <laughs> They're 23 months apart, and, and there's a lot of, like, competition there, you know? And, uh, you know, just, like, the confidence that it takes to carry yourself in life with generosity and kindness is, you know, no small feat. Well, yeah, I was going to add to that, because, you know, your point about women 
just the strength it takes to just exist, um, which is very real. And I think I've always imagined that I would have a girl and I would get it and I would know how to raise a girl in that spirit. And it took me, it actually like took a beat when I found out we were having a boy. And um, I now I've come around to this place where I'm like, what an honor right now in time to raise a a thinking, feeling, evolved boy. (laughs) Like a good, kind man. And dudes have way, like a way better shot at that now because everything is shifting, you know, and... It's in the light. Not that, not for the dudes, not that you're all assholes before. That's not what I mean. (laughs) Statistically, only nine out of ten of you are assholes. But it's a good time, I feel like, to raise raise boys. So I'm suddenly like, I'm going to raise me a feminist one way or another. (laughs) Speaking of males, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to... Two things now, like... I, I was, I love my boy. Like, I love me, and boys love their mamas. And I, but I love being able to commune with him, um, not by gender, do you know, like as people. Because I, I don't know, growing up, I, never, I actually didn't ever think of myself as gender first. Like, I'm a girl, I wasn't very girly, I don't know. Um, so I always look at myself as a person. So I love relating to him, like, as a person. And he's got friends who are girls, and all that kind of stuff. But to, to you, I was thinking too, raising girls, um, raising girls to support other girls. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where the breakdown, and it seems, I worked in the school district a couple years ago, and it was scary how young um, girls being mean to girls started. I'm talking first grade, like And the tolerance of that. Yeah, and I was like, where, where is that coming from? What are you in competition for at this age? Like, or... Um, and just mean, and I was like, "What is that?" And so I'd love to see that. Uh, I truly out. think it's the tolerance. I think that people are okay with that, and I don't. I think kids are mean. Kids are mean to each other because they're trying it out, and then for some reason, I think society. I keep talking about this like nebulous society, but I worked in in Portland Public Schools for a couple of years as an educational assistant, so I could stalk my child. All of them, but specifically my youngest, you know, special needs going into school. I was like, I'll be right there. (laughs) And I'll be paid $14 an hour to be there. And I can't wait. Um, But little girls, you know, screaming at each other. And it's like, oh, girls. Like, that was like the thing. That was like the response from a lot of people. And it was like, no, actually, it's just mean. Like, we'll stop it. You know, but I do, I think it's, I don't think it's like some weird ingrained competition. I think it's just, we've allowed these things to happen in certain places and not allowed them to happen in other places. And I think like putting our foot down and saying like, no, you're kind because you're a human and they're a person and we're going to be nice. And like making that the standard, like elevating our actions, you know, like this whole weird conversation going on, like right now where you hear like a, everyone has the guy friend who says, well, can I even talk to women anymore? And it's like, well, probably not you. Like, (laughs) you probably are not invited to that conversation any longer. Sorry. You know, it's like, yeah, of course. Like, if you're a kind, nice person, yes. You know, like, the conversation has shifted. And so now, 
it's not so much like, why are guys like this? But it's just like, yeah, you just don't get to talk that way. That's not okay anymore. And I think with the girls, you know, I've got a th- almost 14-year-old and almost 12-year-old, and I really can tell you, like, I think it's less about, like, it's not some weird genetic thing. I think it's now, like, there's little girls going, well, can I even, like, be mean to my girlfriends? And it's like, no, Regina, this is not mean girls. Like, you can't. Like, you don't get to do that anymore. And I think putting our foot down as, like, people and parents and, uh, you know, saying, like, no, just be nice or, like, go to your room. That's going really well for me. You should try. (laughs) I remember finding myself on a, I just want to tell you this, on a, like, elementary school playground, and there was a pack of four girls who were mad at one girl, and the one girl came over to me crying, and I'm, like, trying to negotiate a truce between, like, six-year-olds and I felt myself getting so passionate like you're gonna need each other you need to come together girl power and I was like stop arguing you need to start bugging stop bugging them and then stop being mad at her I was like you're gonna need each other and they were like who's this desperate lady I know I'm also guilty of getting way too deep way too fast (laughs) I backed off I was like sorry well where's Brent does Brent yeah Brent Brent Is your question, can I even talk to women anymore? <laughs> I was raised by all women. I you got this, Brett. We knew it. Proud mama's boy right here. Um, this is just great timing. My girlfriend and I are just having this conversation. Um, she's a professional dancer. I like to point out, not a stripper. Nothing that's wrong with that, but she always <laughs> likes me to point that out because my family is very Republican, and they all had that joke, and she's very afraid of it since then. Um, we are having this conversation because her, she's from Russia, and her family thinks she's an old maid. She's 23. Um, Because you have to have two kids by that time. So she's just kind of freaking out. She goes, I'm going to lose my body. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my motivation, lose all these things. And I'm like, no, you won't, because I'm the most motivated person you know, and I got you. She goes, I feel like you'll be overbearing, though. (laughs) Like, so overbearing, and then I'm just going to hate you. I'm like, well, I love you, and that's pretty much how it goes. And my question is, first of all, I just want to point out, this is so inspiring, honestly, to know that, like, you, I know all three of your music, and I just love it. I just love that you're moms. It's so cool that you can still play music so cool. and be a mom. That's really cool to me. I was raised by a single mom and it just makes me really happy to see it. I'm not trying to be pandering. I really do mean that. But my question is, what did your partners do to help you when you were pregnant, to help you feel passionate about your art still? Because I'm really, really gearing up for that happening at some point in our lives and I want to know some inside tips. It's like a work in progress. Inside tip. Um, Sorry. (laughs) This is going on a podcast. I feel like my husband's going to hear this too. We, I think we had our first argument when I was like, don't tell me what to do with my boobs. Uh, (laughs) Breastfeeding. Uh, Because I think it's classic. Everybody wants to help and you're like, now I'm in this weird position. Um, (laughs) I'm in no control and you're it. But it's only recently I think that... um, my husband and I, as I desire to like ramp up into doing more music, um, when I met my husband, he didn't know anything about me. Like he's 12 years younger than me and he, he knew nothing about me musically, which is awesome until you're like, hey, like I do a thing, I'm about to, you know, like ramp it back up. And so it's been interesting as, as I try to step out um, well, I'll back it up with something that's going to sound a little harsh, but um, his way, and he's introverted and he'll be very logical, his way of, sub, of I wouldn't say support, 
supporting me was to be logical, right? So he, he, would, he might say things like, well, I'll support you when you start doing something. And that was like, oh, ouch. Like, you know, but he meant like, I will be there for you is what he meant. But at the time I was just sort of like, ow, like that really hurt. But now that I'm starting to do something, I can see in him going, oh, oh, something's happening. I'm like, weren't ready for that, were you? <laughs> um, but it's like a work in progress because I think, I think that um, as a woman, you'll go through your own experience and you're going to feel up and down and you're going to feel tired and you're not going to not know. And then someone's going to try and help you and you might be, am I wrong? Like you might be tired and moody and then you're, it's not going to make any sense. And, and God bless you, Brent. You're just going to be patient. And, um, and then someone will tell, like, it'll be, I think it'll be great that you're there because regardless, like you'll partner and you'll be like, what is happening now? Okay, what do you need? It doesn't really matter how it's happened or how you've said it. We're, we're in this together. I mean, just presence for both of your experiences um, is, I think, the closest you can get because it's new for everyone, right? Yeah. As you're doing it. So. Sherbs, you're, you're like going through it right now. Yeah. Oh, so, so many things happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Same. Um, there's a lot of jokes my, I'm not making. My husband is the opposite of overbearing or <laughs> overly involved. Um, we're like four weeks out and I think he's like, whoa, you're pregnant. <laughs> But that's it. So I'm like very, I'm a pretty independent person. So it, our model works well for us. Yeah. And I've had a really easy pregnancy. So I haven't had to lean a whole lot. But um, I played my last kind of big show uh, pre-baby in January at the Triple Door. And after the show, he said, and he's, he's pretty reserved and he's, He's very supportive, and I always I know he believes in me, and that's always there. But he's just not like super effusive about it. But after that show, he said, "I will be so sad if you stop doing that." And that just meant the world. I think because he doesn't, you know, overly praise. Um, But that will take me a long way toward keeping going, you know, and making sure that I keep sharing music. And Well, and backstage, you just said that he was like, okay, you need to make a plan for when you want to get back out there. Not rushing yeah. you back out there, but yeah. he's encouraging you to, to pursue this and keep... Yeah, and it. has said he will help, you know, with babies so that getting back out there is possible. I have two partners that are very unconventional partners. I have my ex-husband, who I had my kids with, and I will say, like, he makes my life make sense because we communicate and we talk and he's flexible and his wife is flexible and they're nice to me, you know, and we are, we have three things in common if you count each of our children individually, of which there are three. Like, there's not a lot, there's not a lot there to, to lean on it. it. Truly, we parent very differently. We have just... Just nothing in common, and uh, and and same with his wife, and uh, and we're still very good friends, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, for our children and about our children, and the best thing that they do for me is respect me and my decisions, and I think it goes both ways, and I think it's the same if you're married or not, but that respect of being able to say like, you know, I mean, like your partner saying. 
when you do something, I'll support you, you know, and as someone who's not an artist or a maker who doesn't understand that before you actually do something, you're doing so many things, you're prepping and they maybe just not understanding that part. But truly, I think it's, I hope, and I feel like what he was saying is like, when you make a choice, I'm, I'm on your team. And that still happens for me with my ex-husband because, you know, because I do that for him and I've done that for him. And then my other partner is Reba, my bandmate, who we have this other kind of like baby-esque thing, Lenore, and she manages us. And and still it's the exact same gift that she gives me, which is I respect your decisions and your choices. And if you say that something doesn't work, I'm going to listen and I'm going to say, okay. But also that encouragement that you talked about that can, you know, and that, and saying like, you know, I would be so sad if you gave up on this, you know? So that encouragement and that respect, if you can find a partner, you know, get you, get you, get you someone who can do both or whatever that meme is. But yeah, I think those are the, that's the two sides of that coin. There you go, Brent. Um, Great question. I want to quickly thank Amanda Carter Gomez for moderating. And to the Fremont Abbey for having us because this is a new a new thing and we didn't know if it would work or if people would arrive. Thank you all. Or if your water would break on stage, which was what I was hoping for. (laughs) 